sorry. Vanessa, Quintessa, thank you so much for coming here. I've heard there's been a little bit of strife between both of you. Are you two, are you currently on speaking terms? <clears throat> well, it's more so she speaks when she's spoken to, and I just don't speak to her because she's, I'm up here, and she's right there. And she's slowly getting up there, but as she's getting up there, I'm just... Um, yeah, Quintessa, I have here that you've been suspended four times from Summerview High on account of aggravated misuse of a fire extinguisher. Next question. <laughs> Vanessa, I can't believe this room without addressing the nose job allegations. <laughs> allegations? <laughs> Those are the truth. Do you think you two will ever be friends again? She was just shocked that I did everything that we did better than her. And I copied my hair. I was literally copying my hair. You're just mad I'm doing it better than you. How? You're just mad at where? Because this where? is all true luscious hair. It's all true. I'm an actual one. You literally decided before this interview because you knew I had that hair. Oh, it's real? Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Bridget, how you feeling tonight? Hey, do you like who you're sitting next to? Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I love you. Look at your other neighbor, the one you chose second. Tell him, I guess. Hey, how about that Ducks-Shark shootout last night, man? Let's go. Come on, somebody. There's not much of us hockey fans, but there's a few of us, a few of us, my guy. Um, hey, welcome to Bridge Youth. So stoked that you guys plan to come hang out with us tonight, to spend some of your time with us, whether you're in the room or maybe you're watching online. We're so stoked that you chose to spend some of your time with us. Um, we like saying something every single week to our new people. Met a handful of new, met actually, I perhaps met more new people tonight than I have maybe ever at Bridge Youth. I mean, there's always like a lot of new people who come and hang out at Bridge Youth. Um, I don't get to meet them all. I, I'd like to. Um, literally one of my favorite, our fa one of our favorite things in the whole world is meeting new people. Um, and I maybe met the most new people pre-service tonight than I ever have out of Bridge Youth Service, which is just so, so cool. Because if you're brand new, you're the coolest person in the room. We got one rule. If you're in the room, you're family. Also, we had to kind of like shift that rule because if you're in the room or watching online, you're family. Um, and we're so stoked that you chose to join us. We like saying something every week. It never gets old for us. We like welcoming our guests by saying, <clears throat> we are here to build you up, not... Yeah, we love you. We back you. So stoked that you chose to come and to hang out with us. Hey, um, if you've got a Bible, go to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, that's in the New Testament. Um, it is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. If you see Acts, you've gone a little bit too far. Hey, um, I just want to uh, mention one more time baptisms. Remember last week I told you that um, the last Sunday of February, we had so many baptism signups that it sold out like Coachella and we had to shut it down. So it's free to get baptized. You don't have to pay anything to get baptized. I will dunk you for free. Um, but that week uh, filled up super quick. And so we added a second week, March 6th. Um, and then we announced that last week. And that's filled up as well. So we have added a third week of baptisms. We have close to 120 people getting baptized, which is so cool. But you know why we opened up a third week? Because some of you still ain't been baptized. <laughs> and I would love to baptize you. It'll be March, uh, what's the second week? Of, so if that's six, then plus seven, which would make it uh, pi r squared. Uh, 
carry, did you carry the three? I don't know what that date is. Do you know, Amber? Um, the second week of March, huh? 13, thank you. Lucky number 13. If you would like to be baptized on March 13th, you can still be baptized. Um, go sign up online or in the app. I would love to baptize you. It would be absolutely my honor. So go sign up for that. Um, tonight we're in our final message of our series, Defining the Relationship. Who's enjoyed this series? Who's liked this series? Who's been convicted by this series? I feel like more than any other series I've preached in a long time, this series has had a lot of like those moments where the room just goes, whoa, which is always fun. Um, if you weren't here last week, you missed a very special moment where we sang a lot of heartbreaking songs together, but also love songs. That was, it was just a moment. You had to be there. Somebody say you had to be there. Um, but hey, next week will actually be the finale of this series, and I'm not going to preach. We're going to do something very, very, very special next week. It's something that we do not do often. Um, actually, we haven't done this exact thing um, ever at Bridge Youth. Um, we're going to do uh, breakout sessions next week with Amber and I. And what's going to happen is um, the first half, the guys are going to stay um, in a breakout session with me, and we're going to talk men to men. You know what I'm saying? Like, everyone's getting a bottle of A1 sauce. We're going to chug it. We're going to, you know, grow our beards. And that's, uh, I don't know. Guys, like, I'm not that guy. You know, uh, I can't grow facial hair. It's rough. Um, but we're going to talk as guys. Amber is going to, um, the ladies are going to go with Amber. And you're going to talk about whatever the heck girls talk about. Don't know. Don't want to know. Um, I don't even go in my wife's purse, all right? When she wants something out of her purse, I bring her purse to her, okay? Um, girls will talk about whatever girls talk about. And then what we're going to do, we're actually going to switch. And then I'm going to talk to you ladies, and Amber's going to talk to the guys. And it's always super, super, super cool. It's always a really special moment. Guys talking with guys, super cool. Ladies talking with the ladies, awesome. There's always just a special moment when that switch happens. And guys, you're able to talk to um, a godly woman, ask some questions, hear from her voice. And then ladies... Um, not everybody has a godly, healthy male voice in their life. Um, like, you might not get that from me next week either, but at least it'll be godly. Like, maybe not the, um, it might not even sound like a male voice, like maybe a prepubescent teenager, but you'll have my voice speaking to you next week anyway. So don't miss next week. On your seat when you came in, you had a little card, and, um, we want to talk about what you want to talk about. So tonight, um, before you leave, if you would, just write any question that you've ever had about this stuff, about relationships, about dating, about love, about marriage, um, about God and how all that fits in with God and the Bible and whatever. And then on your way out, just drop it in our giving box just to the right of the youth center exit. And here's the best part. As you drop your question, no one's going to know it's yours. No one's going to know. We're not going to mention names anything like that. And then people are just going to think that you're giving tithes and offerings and you're super saved and spiritual. So it's win-win, you guys. So uh, next week's going to be awesome. Don't miss next week. Look at your neighbor say, don't miss next week. All right. Final installment. Anybody? Who's ready for the last message of defining the relationship 2022? Hey, where's all the Linfield students at? Linfield, where you at? I'm... Last, I am very, very last minute speaking at your chapel tomorrow morning. Um, 
and you might be hearing this message again tomorrow. I'm not quite sure. You're going you're gonna to get a little double dip uh, this week, perhaps. We'll see. Um, tonight, I want to speak a message to you entitled, Sooner or Later. Everybody say, Sooner or Later. I want to speak a message to you entitled, Sooner or Later. Here's the big idea. Um, anybody in the room, um, anybody in the room, the rc farsi type that loves photography and videography? Where's like the actual like photographers at? I'm not talking like you, you mess with the iPhone. I'm talking DSLR. Where's the DSLR? Okay. In, with, the, with, the, with the DSLR, you have this incredible capability to zoom out so much more than you do with other, like with a camera phone, right? Um, and when you zoom out, what do you get? You get the bigger picture. And so tonight, that's the big idea. That's what I want to help you to do, is to zoom out on life. Why? So you could get the bigger picture. Well, zoom, what do you mean, zoom out? I want all of us to get the perspective and the idea and the heart that we're going to zoom out on the moments of life. That we'll begin to zoom out on Friday night. That we'll begin to zoom out on homecoming, on prom, on that date, in that moment. That we'll zoom out on sophomore years. Where's all the sophomore at? See, that's what happens when you ask sophomores where you're at. Because you're not a freshman. You're not like, yeah, like I'm finally in high school. You're not a senior ready to graduate. You ask sophomores where you, where you ask sophomores, and they're like, where am I at? I am somewhere else. I'm tired. I'm stressed. I haven't slept in weeks. Pray for me. That's where I'm at. <laughs> like, that so you would zoom out on, on eighth grade year, and you'd begin to look at the moments of life for the bigger picture. I think if we all do that, we'd be blessed for it. If you're taking notes, here's your sermon in a sentence. If you're new, I like boiling down an entire sermon to one sentence. Here it is. Um, now yells louder, but later lasts longer. It's going to make so much sense as we process through the night. Now it yells louder. The emotions, the feelings, the wants, the desires, the teenage hormones. They yell so very loud. But later, later lasts longer. So tonight we're going to dig into one of my absolute favorite stories in all of Scripture. Um, when you dig into this, this story in the Bible, I mean, it is it's incredible. It's John chapter 4. It's a story known as uh, the woman at the well. And there's so much in this story, like, if you're a Bible nerd like me, go read and dig into this story. There's so much there. We're going to take it apart. There's so much that it has to say to us um, pertaining to our final week in defining the relationship. So would you do me a favor? Would you stand in the honor of the reading of God's Word? Whether you have a paper Bible, maybe you've got a glowing Bible. Maybe you don't got a Bible. That's all right. We're going to have it up on the Sky Bible for you. Um, we're going to jump around a little bit. We're first going to read uh, John chapter 4. Uh, verse number 4, and then we're going to go down to 19. John chapter 4, verse 4, then we're going to go to 19, and then we're going to jump to verse 25. So if I start reading verse 20, somebody stop me because we've got to jump to verse 25, just for time's sake. All right, John chapter 4, verse number 4, it says this, he, um, who's he? Jesus. Uh, Jesus had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually he came to a Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Um, that's like a bunch of, like, 
historical Jewish stuff that's actually super important. We won't dig into it tonight, but um, uh, Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. What time was it? <laughs> Can you please, like, the next time you set up a hangout with your friends, be like, can we meet up like Saturday? Like, Grant, let's go, let's go golf TCI. What time are you thinking? Ah, uh, noontime? Like, please set up a noontime hangout with your friends and just see how they react. So he was there about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman, pay attention to that, a Samaritan woman, came to draw water and Jesus told her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. There was actually massive racial tension in this time between the Jews and the Samaritans. Uh, she said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But, sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket. Very practical lady. Um, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks of this water will soon become thirsty again. Look at your neighbor. Ask him, you thirsty? <laughs> Guys, guys, here, be mature, would you? Uh, to, to the pure, all things are pure. Verse 14, uh, verse 14 reads, But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I will never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come out here to get water. And then Jesus says, go and get your husband. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband, for you've had five husbands. And you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Like Jesus just calls her out at noontime. Crazy. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So we're going to jump now down to verse 25. We're almost done. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then, verse 26, this is incredible. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. It's important. We'll talk about it in just a little bit. Just then, the disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Or, why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? Look at how the town reacts. So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Before you sit down, let's pray. Very long, very spiritual prayer. God, please speak to us tonight. Get me out of your way. Jesus, help the Lakers for the love of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Grab a seat. Um, have you ever said or done something that seemed like a good idea in the moment, but then later on you're like, yeah, that was not a good idea? Um, if you've been around for any amount of time, you know I love to tell stories. Uh, somebody say story time. I want to tell you the story of the first time that me and my precious, beautiful bride ever got into a fight. 
we were, I think, 17, 17 or 18, and we were at Disneyland, of all places. Happiest place on earth, had our first fight. Um, if you know me and Amber, if you've been around us for any amount of time, you'll know uh, we're, we're nerds, we're dorks, we're best friends, we joke around like crazy. Um, and we've always kind of been like that. And uh, we were doing this, like, stupid, like, teenager game that we used to do that we thought was funny, which was like the, well, I lied to you when I said blah, blah, blah. And it was like silly things like, well, you know, Amber's like, well, I lied to you when I said that, you know, you were cute. And I'm like, ah, you're so dumb. It's like, well, I lied to you when I said that you have cool style. And she's like, you're so sketchy. Well, I lied to you when I said that I liked your band, which was probably a lie because any band I was in sucked. <laughs> it was so bad. Um, I'm like, well, um, I lied to you when I said that I like your cat. His name was Mau Mau. And it was orange. And that's not a lie. <laughs> Cats are satanic, demonic in nature, perhaps demonic themselves. Um, then, she goes, then she goes, well, I lied to you. She, like, she like went for the jugular. Well, I lied to you when I told you that you have good hair. We grew up in the emo phase. I prided myself in my hair, okay? I lived like this all the time. Um, so I'm like, oh, we're getting serious. We're pulling out the big guns. All right? You want to go there? You want to talk about my hair? So in front of all of our friends, in front of God and all of Disneyland, in line, I still remember, we were in line for uh, what's now Incredicoaster, but it was, uh, was yes, it was Incredicoaster. What's it, what did it used to be? Yeah, California Screaming. At the time, it was California Screaming. We're in line for California Screaming, and in front of all of California Screaming, uh, our friends, God, and all of Disneyland, Mickey Mouse was standing right over there. Um, I said, oh, come over there, huh? Well, I lied when I said that I love you. Guys, do you see how all the girls just reacted? <laughs> like the freshman guys were like, <laughs> got her. Oh, man, that's a good one, dude. Uh, wait, what's wrong with that? Why, why are all the girls being weird? Like, <laughs> Guys, if you're taking notes tonight, write this down. Don't! <laughs> Don't do that! Don't say that! She said. And she did what every woman does in a moment like that. Shuts down. What's wrong? Nothing. Which, of course, means everything. <laughs> right? Like, and it became our first fight. Here's the thing. I thought, I thought, somebody say, he thought. <laughs> I thought in the moment it would be a good idea. Like, oh, like, I'm going to, like, dude, she wants to pull out the big guns, talk about my hair. Excuse me? Um... And I thought, like, oh, get a good laugh, like, zinger, gotcha. Um, very bad idea. In the moment, thought it was a good idea. Later, realized it was a bad idea. You ever say something in the moment? You ever do something in the moment that seemed like a good idea? And then later, you're like, not only did that mess up the moment then, like now, this moment, but also it affected you later. I did not live that down ever. If you're taking notes, write this down. Point number one, now and later. Remember those candies? Remember now and laters? You know, they designed them to pull the uh, fillings out of your teeth. <laughs> like, what was your favorite candy when you were a kid, by the way? Skittles. Dude, you ever have smoothie mix Skittles? Smoothie mix Skittles are so good. I used to love Butterfingers before I, like, you know, I didn't want to, like, give my tongue an exercise getting the Butterfingers out of my teeth all day. You know, Butterfingers are bomb, though. Um... So now and later, the woman at the well, like, she must have had a history with thinking 
man, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this now and not realizing how it would affect her later. I mean, Jesus straight calls out, you've been married five times, and the guy that you're living with now isn't even your husband. And living like that brought her to such a low place in life. What if she were to have zoomed out? Somebody say zoom out. I think that what we need to do is we need to begin to zoom out. We need to stop living in the moment. Doesn't living in the moment sound so cool, though? Like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to live in the moment. You sound so spontaneous, romantic, and reckless. Like, the 32-year-old youth pastor in me is like, you sound stupid. (laughs) Like, that's so dumb. Like, don't do that. Don't live in the moment. You need to zoom out. Here's the thing, is that it's easy to give up what matters most for what feels good right now. And so... Yeah, I'm going to say that again. Uh, It's really easy to give up what matters most for what feels good right now. And to have this sort of thinking of, um, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to... I'm going to sow my wild oats. Most of you don't know what that saying means. I'm going to, oh man, I'm going to live it up now. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go and just live wild and free right now. And, and, and I'll get my stuff together later. So many young people, they think in their teenage years, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, you know, live it up. And then I'm going to come back to God later. I'm going to come back. And you know what? God will forgive me. Look, you're not going to get any argument out of me over that. Will God forgive you later? Totally. Yeah. But who lied to you and told you that the highest and most valuable commodity God has to offer to you is his forgiveness? No, God would way rather be using you and blessing you than healing you and forgiving you. Why do we think that the best bet is to go live it up and then, and then to ask God for forgiveness later? And what so many young people do is they think, you know what I'm going to do while I'm young? I'm going to go and I'm going to live wild and free and I'm going to get it all out of my system. Here's the thing, though. You don't get anything out of your system. You put it in your system. You don't get anything out of your system. You put it in your system. And these things will both hit you now and later. Tonight, I want to give you a few lies of the enemy. Lie number one is this. I can have what I want and what God wants as well. I can have what I want and what God wants as well. See, just refer to, like, everything that happened in the Garden of Eden. See, here's the thing, is that when you take what God told you not to touch, it can prevent him from giving you what he wanted you to have all along. Okay, so, like, you guys remember the story of the Garden of Eden. Like, where's all the people who grew up in church? Like, VeggieTales is your jam. Your first crush was the tomato, who I always forget is named Bob. Uh, You're like, Bob, he was so cute. Uh Uh-huh. He taught me about Noah's Ark. He's a manly, a manly, godly tomato. Um, you were the ones that things Father Abraham had many sons, too, too, and many sons had father. And all of us who didn't grow up in church are like, you're weird. My dad is not named Abraham. My dad's name's Eric. Uh, don't know what you're talking about. Um, like, you, you know the story from kids' ministry of, Adam and Eve, where God's like, hey, you see that tree? Don't touch the fruit from that tree. 
Now, here's the thing that we forget is that, like, God took them through the garden and was like, you see all of these trees? Like, it was like thousands, maybe tens of thousands. Could have been millions where God's like, see all of them, every single one. It's like, yes, 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 the enemy, the lie of the enemy comes to Adam and Eve and promises that disobeying God will give them something that God had already given them. It's really interesting. Check this out. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. This is God talking about making us humans. It says, then God said, let us make human beings in our image. Would you say this next part with me? With me, right along with me, say, to be like us. One more time. Say it with me. To be like us. Now check this out. Genesis chapter 3, verse 4. This is the enemy lying to Eve. He says, Genesis 3, verse 4, you won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that if you eat this fruit, that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God. But they were already like God. And the enemy was lying to them to try to get them to take something that God had already given them. Because when you touch and take what God told you not to touch and take, it can prevent him from giving what he wanted to give to you all along. See, when it comes to love and dating, relationship, future marriage, buckle up, buttercup, even sex, oh God, God is not keeping you from something. He's keeping you for something. But then when you go and take what God told you not to touch, it can keep and prevent him from giving you what he wanted to give you all along anyway. And when you live in the moment, it won't just affect you now. It'll affect you later. Somebody say amen. Here's the thing. Because you will reap what you See, like, we all know it. It's a biblical principle. It's a, it is literally like a, a principle of the universe. You will reap what you sow. Some people try to make it sound like they try to, like, get God out of, like, this because, like, God has the patent on reap what you sow, and, but they don't want God's version. So they go, oh, it's called karma. You know, like, I'm a Scorpio. And, like, dude, the stars have nothing to do with your day. Like, nothing. I'm a Gemini, so, like, you know, like, I breathe oxygen. It's like, oh, my gosh, like, that so sounds like me, like, oxygen. And I like sunshine. Well, yeah, like, bro, that's everybody. <laughs> like, stop. But it's like, 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 you will reap what you sow. I love, I love, I love the way Proverbs 627, this is the message revision, the way it says it. It says, can you build a fire in your lap and not burn your pants? <laughs> that's the Bible, you know, like. There are people around here thinking, oh, I can build a fire in my lap and not burn my pants. I can live it up now. I can make all these stupid decisions, live in the moment, and then think it's not going to affect me at all later. It is a lie of the enemy. And I don't want to see you fall for that lie. It's a lie of the enemy. Because here's the thing. There's a really big difference between forgiveness and consequence. There's a big difference between forgiveness and consequence. All right, if you're taking notes, here's point number two. Point number one was now and later. Point number two is later is greater than never. Later is greater than never. Here's the thing. God should be your first response, but he'll be your last resort. 
for the woman at the well, it really seems like, and, and even in our story, isn't it crazy? She's not even yet convinced that Jesus is, well, Jesus. She goes to the town and goes, hey, come and see this dude who literally, without ever having met me or known anything about me, told me, like, every detail of my life. Maybe he's, like, the Messiah or something. It's like, like, you think? And, and, and yet it seemed like, for her, Jesus was her last resort. The craziest thing, the woman at the well, I mean, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but she was like the poster child for exclusion. Like, she was on the outskirts of society. Nobody wanted anything to do with her. This is actually why she was getting water at noontime. Because, well, in first century Palestine in the Middle East, the last time that you wanted to go and get water was at noontime when the sun was the highest and the weather was the hottest. Why? Because all the water that you got from the well, you'd probably have to drink before you got home so you wouldn't die. So most people would get water either early in the morning or right before the sun went down when it was nice and cool. But nobody in Samaria wanted anything to do with this woman. That's why she was at the well at noontime with nobody except for Jesus. It's incredible. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. But while everyone else was pushing her aside and wanting nothing to do with her, Jesus had a moment with her. It's crazy because how many, like how many Christians do we know that act just like the town when it comes to people like the Samaritan woman? Oh, you're sinful. You're messed up. Because that's, I mean, think about it. This woman had been married five times, and the man she's living with right now, the sixth dude, isn't even her husband, right? Ladies, you want your man around that girl? <laughs> the way all the girls... <laughs> I don't know how I'm supposed to respond to that. Because <laughs> currently I'm in church. But heck no. Like, <laughs> I would say H-E-L-L double hockey sticks, no. But <laughs> won't say that in church, all right? Like, 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 no guys, no guys, girls are even going to let him go be around her. It's like, hey, um, love of my life, I'm going to go draw water from the well. She's like, at noontime? Heck no, you ain't. I know who's out there by that well. At noontime, you're not going. And yet Jesus had a moment with this girl. How, much, how many Christians act like this town, and when somebody ain't perfect, and when somebody has a past, and when somebody's got sin, and I don't know why I said sin, like as if sin isn't sin. <laughs> why do we do these things? Why? I don't know. Um, when they've got sin in their life, they think, oh, well, we can't have anything to do. How are we supposed to reach a world that we abandoned? This is not where, that's why here at Bridge Youth, we say you don't have to believe to belong. We have people in this room who are like, I'm straight up, I'm an atheist. I don't believe what you believe. But I really like the vibes. <laughs> it's like, you mean the Holy Spirit, but cool. You could call it vibes. <laughs> like, I really like, you know, the feels in the room. Well, the feels is, uh, that's like Hebrew for God um, is here, and he's working in your heart and in your life very patiently. Um, but, dude. Awesome. Like, call this home. There's so many people at Bridge Youth who come from so many different walks of life and so many different religious backgrounds or lack of religious backgrounds. And we love that. And you, this is home for you. Like, you have one rule. If you're in the room or online, then you are family. And we're here to build you up, not? That's how we want to live. But the whole town didn't. But what I want to point out is that Jesus did. Jesus had 
an incredible one-on-one conversation with this girl. When nobody else would. And maybe you've thought for a long time that you've messed up too much and God wants nothing to do with you. Maybe for some of you, you don't even know how you ended up in church. You thought it's the last, you, you're like, your friend invited you and you're like, oh, bro, I can't make it. And they're like, why not? You're like, my family just ran out of tinfoil, so I won't be able to wrap my feet in it. And my, my piggies are going to burn up if I walk into holy ground. <laughs> yeah, I said piggies. That means toes. Um, but anyways, back to God's word. Uh, like you, you think that you're too far gone. All right, here it comes. The next lie of the enemy I want to put on your radar. Lie of the enemy, you've already messed up. You've messed up already. So what's the difference now? Can I just tell you, um, there's, a, there's a worship band that we love. We do a lot of their music. They're called Hillsong Young and Free. I love that. It talks about being young like we are. All of us. We are young. <laughs> like, if you're laughing, like, forget you, okay? <laughs> young and free. Cool. Awesome. Be young, be free. Don't be young and dumb. Like, oh, the enemy comes and says, you've already messed up. What's the difference now? Keep messing up. Where else do you apply that logic? Like, if you get bit by a rattlesnake, you don't go, ah, oh, it bit me once. Like, might as well let it bite me four more times. What? Like, that is stupidity. Unless you're a junior high boy, because I don't know. Sometimes they're just wild and down for anything. <laughs> Like, what else, do you, what else do you apply that logic? Oh, man, it's out snowboarding. All right, here's your moment, snowboarders. Where's all the snowboarders at? You snowboard. Awesome. Nobody cares. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, snowboarders are a different breed, bro. They're a different type of person. Snowboarding's by far the most intimidating sport that I've ever tried. First time I ever went, nighttime, icy. I'm, like, looking over the edge of a cliff. I can barely send myself in the right direction. I'm like, this is how I die. Like, you're snowboarding, you break your arm, you're like, oh, dude, broke my arm. Might as well break the other one. What? Like, that's so, that's dumb. Like, what? But then we think about it like that when it comes to having made mistakes, and the enemy comes in and says, you've already made this mistake. What's the difference if you make it again? Or three more times. Or ten more times. But here's the thing. If you were to accidentally consume poison, well, (laughs) the less amount of poison the easier it'll be for the doctor to treat you. The easier your healing process. The shorter your recovery process. So don't listen to the enemy when he tries to tell you to keep drinking that poison. Yeah, like, later is greater than never. But, like, you don't have to keep going down that road. Because some of you have been walking down that road for a really long time. And it's led you to the place where you're at right now. Which... For some of you, you would call that place rock bottom. It's probably where this woman at the well found herself, at rock bottom. Where she was at in culture and society, her whole family would have disowned her. Probably nobody wanted anything to do with her. She couldn't even, she couldn't even remarry, having been married five times already. That's why the man that she's living with isn't even her husband, because he wouldn't even commit to her. She's at rock bottom, and maybe you find yourself there too. Don't keep walking down that road. You don't have to. The enemy's going to lie to you and tell you you're damaged goods. There's no point now. You're too far gone. But can I tell you? You're never too far gone for God. He's 
specializes in impossible situations. Like, my life is living proof of that. You know what You know what God loves to do? He loves to take people's messy stories and use them. And he wants to do that for you. So don't believe the lie that you've already messed up and what's the difference. I remember one time when I was a kid, um, I didn't grow up in church. Um, both of my parents uh, were smokers, and they had the terrible habit of, well, A, smoking, and B, taking their cigarette butts and putting them into their soda cans. And one day, you know, when we were growing up, some of you know my story, we weren't like the family that some of you guys have like an open fridge policy. You're blessed. (laughs) You got a blessed life. We had like a no snacks policy. Like uh, the kids didn't get soda because we were broke. We were poor, poor. Like we were, we didn't have money like that. And so most of the time the kids didn't get soda. So what we would do is we would sneak drinks of mom and dad's soda. But what did I say mom and dad had a bad habit of doing? Putting their cigarette butts in soda. So one time, my mom leaves the room, leaves her soda can, and I'm like, I'm going to sneak a drink. I go and I sneak a drink, but it was the can they had been putting their cigarette butts in for days. I straight drank this much, like, Pepsi backwash and, like, 17 cigarettes. Like, to this day, I can, like, I can, I can literally taste it right now. Like, this, is, this taste has never left my mouth. Like, it's ingrained in my memory. But you know what I didn't do? I didn't go, well, drink it once. Might as well take a second sip. <laughs> Why? Because that's so, like, that's so dumb. But how many of us have believed that lie? Oh, you've already given that part of yourself away. What does it matter now? You don't got to keep going back to a well that only gives you poison. Because Jesus talks about a better well. One that when you drink from that one, you'll never thirst again. And I just think that, why is later better than never? Well, because Jesus, he can still heal you. But as the band heads up and I get to my last point, um, yeah, later is better than never. But point number three is sooner is greater than later. Sooner is so much better than later. Here's the thing. You'll never be right with a mate until you're right with your maker. Let's say that again. You'll never be right with a mate until you're right with your maker. And I promise you, you will realize that sooner or later. And I'm a proponent for sooner. I'm a believer in sooner. I think it's, I got saved when I was 15, almost 16 years old. And I'll often hear people go, wow, like, you know, you got saved really young. And I'm like, young? Are you kidding me? I wasted 15 years of my life. I envy those who, who were like, who were like saved in the womb. Like you, you like, came out of the womb to oceans. Like, you fly out upon... For those of you who don't go to church, Oceans is like a really cheesy worship song from like eight years ago that white women won't give up. Such a good song. Yeah, it is, before we all heard it a hundred billion times. I'm like, I'm such a proponent for sooner than later. 
can, can I just be, can I be a Bible nerd for a second? I love the Bible. Like, if you guys haven't noticed, like, I love Scripture. I love the Bible. If you've, if you've ever think, oh, the Bible's boring. You've never read the Bible then. Like, you've never really read the Bible. And John 4 is incredible. Here's a couple just kind of cool things about uh, John 4, the woman at the well. Some interesting things in the narrative. Um, number one, this is the longest one-on-one conversation Jesus had with anybody recorded in Scripture. Isn't that crazy? The longest, was there longer conversations? Maybe, uh, maybe not. But the longest one recorded in Scripture Jesus ever had with anybody was this woman at this well at noontime. He's out there sweating, still talking and talking and talking. The next is, um, this is crazy. It's the first time it's the very first time that Jesus reveals himself as the Messiah openly to anybody. Here's the crazy thing. Wait to start playing because there might be a joke or two here, and that's going to be very awkward if it's all like ambient and vibey. It's the Holy Spirit. Um, this woman, she was, she was the poster child for excluded, right? Um, throughout history, throughout time, uh, this is in no way, shape, or form a political statement at all. But um, exclusion has always primarily, throughout history, human history, has always primarily been surrounded um, in three situations. And those three are um, race, gender, and religion. And this woman had all three of these strikes. She was, you know, racially, she was a Samaritan. Well, some of you don't necessarily understand the implications of that, because all you know is the story of the good Samaritan, um, which was a scandalous story, actually. Um, But here's how bad racial tension was with Samaritans. Everybody hated Samaritans. How bad did they hate them, Corey? Here's how bad. They took all the Samaritans, and they actually made a town called Samaria, and they made all the Samaritans go live there, and nobody went to Samaria. There was actually a way um, between two major cities in that day to get to one to the other that would, was about four miles if you crossed through Samaria. But people were so racist against Samaritans, they would take a 40-mile journey around the city just to not come in contact with Samaritans. Next, you know, Jenna, she was a woman. And in that day, women were horribly oppressed. Strike number three, religion, she was what would have been considered a sinner. And in that day, culturally, would be unclean. Which, by the way, side note, not talking about the me- this isn't necessarily in the message, but can I tell you, with every single one of these issues, racial divide, gender issues, issues with religious separation and excluding people, I believe, I don't even believe, I know, I know that I know that I know that Jesus is the answer to all of those. How do you know that? Because he did it right here. You guys can start playing now. He did it right here. He said, oh, You are the poster child for excluded. People are racist against you. They're sexist against you. And they exclude you because of religion. Cool. I want a wrong song. (laughs) I mean, it's tight, but the junior high boys are about to go wild down front. Somebody is going to lose a leg. Um, Like, like. Jesus immediately goes, oh, okay, cool. Like, everybody's going to push you aside. Everybody's going to exclude you. They're going to be racist against you. They're going to be sexist against you. They're going to they're gonna separate you because of religion. No problem. Then I'm going to come to you, and I'm going to have the longest conversation I'll have with anybody. 
recorded in Scripture. Oh, also, you're going to be the first person I ever openly reveal myself as the Messiah to. Also, I'm going to change your life forever. That's like all for free. It has nothing to do with the message. But just like in where we're at today, it's not a political statement at all. People want to be like, oh, the church this, the church that. The church is the answer. So the problem look around. There's every type of every person in this room. Oh, and this room doesn't compare to what the room looks like on Sunday. Come on a Sunday and see what we look like. We are the answer. Jesus is the answer to this stuff. And when it comes to when it comes to love and dating and relationships and how the world is falling apart with all that. Jesus is the answer to it. Think about, here we go. Buckle up, buttercup. We're about to talk about S-E-X. Everybody go. People are like, Oh, you know, there's this issue going on where there's so much promiscuity in the world and the statistics are wild and 36% of all content on the internet is pornographic and one out of four every one out of every four Google searches are sexual in nature and one out of four teenagers have sent sexually explicit pictures and text messages. It's like, oh my gosh, there's such a problem with this. Yeah. Well, Jesus is the answer to this. You're like, how is Jesus the answer to sex? Because God created sex. He's got the patent on it. Like, God, it was his idea. And all he did was give us this, like, boundary. And this is so cool. Like, this isn't even in my message. But here's the coolest thing about this. Like, I know junior hires bear with us, man. We're going to talk about sex for just another moment. Here's the, here's the wildest cool thing about sex. Sex was supposed to, supposed to, somebody say supposed to, it was supposed to be the most exclusive club you were ever a part of. And that there was only ever one person, just one person, nobody else in the whole world, just this one person that you were like vulnerable with and that you had this experience with and nobody else. And I know what you're thinking. Yeah, Corey, that's ancient. Nobody does that anymore. Your youth pastor and his wife did. And bro, if I could do it, you can do it. If I could wait, you can wait. I'm not that holy. I'm not that great. I'm definitely not that patient. I, I literally did the burn your mouth on a burrito thing like two weeks ago. Because I heated up a microwave burrito, couldn't wait, bit into it, beans and cheese everywhere, blister on the roof of my mouth. That's me. But God gave us grace and strength. And we realized sooner than later that he's the answer. And that if this thing called sex was God-given, then it should be God-governed. And I said this last week, but I'll say it again. Like, that's where we get all huffy. We have this attitude. <laughs> God just doesn't want me to have any fun. Yeah, but you don't say that when you go to Home Depot and buy a chainsaw and you see that it comes with a manual and go, ugh, they just don't want me to have any fun. No, they don't want you to cut your freaking arm off. God wants what's best for you. Oh, you do so well to realize that sooner than later. You would do so well to realize that sooner than later. One more, like, really interesting thing about this narrative. The woman at the well. 
Really quick Bible trivia. Anybody remember how many times she was married? Five times, right? But then the guy she's living with now, she wasn't even married to. Well, okay, so five guys she was married to, you've had five husbands, and the man you're living with now isn't even your husband. I'm terrible at math, but five plus one is... And then Jesus comes into her life, making him man number... And here's the thing. Certain numbers in the Bible are really important. You know what the number seven is symbolic of? Perfection and completion. What are you saying? I'm saying Jesus is making a bold statement, saying I'm the seventh man in your life, and you need to realize that you were not complete until I came into your life. You will never be complete until Jesus comes into your life. Oh, you... If you realize that sooner than later. Seven, the number of perfection. Jesus is the perfect man. Seven, the number of completion. And this woman was not complete until Jesus came into her life. Serious, serious vibe, but funny moment. You know, one of the the least um, financially responsible decisions you can make is to go to the grocery store when you're hungry. Do you ever do that? You start buying everything. Cup of noodles, cookies, candy. You're at the checkout and you're like, king size Kit Kat and the Reese's Sticks. Because Reese's Sticks are so good. You're buying up everything, right? But you don't buy anything, like, good. It's like, I, I, like Amber and I, we try to eat healthy and stuff, but, like, man, if I'm, on a, if I'm driving home and I'm starving, like, the car takes control of itself and, like, steers me into the Taco Bell drive through I'm like, oh, well, I'm here. I guess I'll take a chalupa. Why? Because when your stomach's empty, you lower your standards. When your stomach's empty, you lower your standards. And anything will do at that point. Without Jesus, you're in a state of spiritual starvation and your standards just lower. You know the weirdest things? There's two... You know the two weirdest things that your generation... You never say your when you're preaching. You always say our. But it wasn't my generation. It was... It's friggin' your generation that did this. Two of the weirdest things your generation did when it comes to dating. Daddy? At least y'all know it was weird, right? I just said that and you're like, yeah, man, we're weird for that. (laughs) Number two, snack. It's looking like a whole snack. so weird, bro. Like, the band's going. It's all super cute right now. Like, vibes are set. And can we all just realize that calling somebody a snack is very weird? (laughs) And you know what I was thinking? Like, a snack does nothing for you if you're starving. Like, a snack does nothing for you if you're starving. All that does 
is prolonged the inevitable just a little bit longer. Dude, you will never, ever be complete until the seventh perfect man. He doesn't have to be the seventh guy in your life. Comes into your life. You'll never be right with a mate until you're right with your maker. And I love the way that Jesus said, if you drink from this well, you'll never thirst again. So as I close, a reminder, what's tonight? What are we talking about? Zoom out. We have to zoom out. And here's the last lie. The last lie of the enemy is you can get around to it later. But later becomes never. And life is really short. And for some, later never comes. So maybe tonight you're in this place and maybe maybe you've never stepped into that relationship. Do it now. Don't put off the tomorrow that what you could do today. Because now yells louder, but later lasts longer. When you make decisions now, you'll set yourself up for a life of blessing. Zoom out. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? God, speak to every heart in this place. Touch every heart in this place. God, for anybody who's not in a relationship with you, soften their heart right now. Help them to realize that they're not damaged goods. They can come just as they are. With heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe you're here and you've never stepped into a relationship with God. You don't know God. You don't have a relationship with Him. And maybe like this woman, you've, you've kind of found yourself at a sort of rock bottom. And maybe you don't want to keep going down that road you've been going down because looking down that road, you realize that it doesn't lead anywhere good. I'll tell you, the moment Jesus comes into your life, there's a completeness that comes into your life. And it kind of seems like so much else, so many other things in life just start making sense. So if tonight you want to you step into relationship with Jesus, you want forgiveness of your sins, you want to know that from here on, He's going to be writing your story. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to respond in a really simple way. In just a moment, I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, I just want you to lift your hand and put it right back down. That's you. Why, why do I need to lift my hand, Corey? Because I just, I just believe when we respond on the outside to what's happening on the inside, it solidifies it in our hearts, in our lives, and in our souls. So if that's you, don't wait. Don't put off the tomorrow that which you could do today. Every head bow, every eye closed. When I get to three, you want to give your life to Jesus. You want God to write your story. Forgiveness of sins. When I get to three, you just lift your hand. Put it right back down. Here we go. One, two, three, go. All of this. Man, so many hands going up. You can put your hands right back down. That's the best decision you could ever make with your life. I promise you that. Proud of you. Proud of you for that. Here's what we're going to do. We start this journey with words that we say with our mouth, that we believe in our heart. We call it prayer. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the words. And we're a family here, so we pray together. So every single person, whether you're watching online or you're in the room right now, would you just repeat these simple words right after me? Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a Savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sin and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart, 
I give you my life. I give you everything. But from this day forward, I'm going to follow you. Thank you for receiving me. And thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? And that's the best decision that you could ever make with your life. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, it's not the end of the journey. It's just the beginning. We want to continue this journey with you. There's something called the next seven days. It's a free gift we want to get to you. It'll help answer some questions you have, help you in the next week of your faith journey. Really important week. We feel like it's our responsibility to get it to you. You can get it by just um, DMing us on our Instagram, at bridge, YTH underscore. Just DM us the words next seven, and we'll handle the rest. We'll get it to you. If you don't have Instagram, come find me. Find my wife, Amber. Find one of our team members. Say, hey, I prayed the prayer. I want next seven days. I don't have Instagram. We have other avenues we can get it to you. Hey, one more time. Can we welcome people into God's family? So cool. Hey, would you stand to your feet? Would you head to the front? I want to pray one more prayer tonight over you. Um, thinking about this moment. No one distracting anybody, but thinking about this moment. Um, I was, uh, there's like such this irrelevant term now. Um, that was popularized by um, this kind of, this, this sort of like underground rapper that nobody really listens to, and he's not very popular, um, but he wrote a song that, that had an acronym uh, that was, You Only Live Once, I and mean, most of you have never heard that before. Again, underground rapper, not very many people listen to him. Um, and I started thinking about this thought, and, and how many young people, like, legitimately adopted this as a lifestyle. Like, oh, you only live once. So, I'm going to live in the moment because you only live once. So, I'm going to date this person who's horrible, terrible for me. I shouldn't date them. I shouldn't even spend my time with them. But hey, you only live once. Or it's like, oh, well, it, it's prom. Zoom out on prom. It's prom. Well, you only prom once, right? So, so I'm going to live it up and I'm going to make maybe catastrophic decisions that are going to haunt me for the rest of my life. But hey, you only live once. You know what I started thinking? You don't only live once. You live every day. You only die once. And then scripture says that after that, you live for all of eternity. So tonight we're talking about what if we zoomed out on our moments of life? And right in this moment, I want to take that one step further. What if we actually didn't just zoom out on the moments of life? What if we zoomed out on life and we started living with an eternal perspective? You ever hear people um, say stuff like, I don't know, I just I always felt like there's more to life. You ever hear people say, I always felt like I was just called to more. And they use this they use this term more, more, more. This same underground rapper, he had an album called More Life. Um, and most of you, I know, you guys are like, who is this guy? I want to know about him. Don't worry about it. He'll, he's almost irrelevant already. Nobody listens to him. Um, he'll probably not be around in the next six months. He won't get a record deal. Um, like, people say, like, you know, those summer nights when you're looking at the stars and you're like, wow. The universe is so big, and I'm so small, and it just must be more. And you know why? Even you, atheists in the room, you know why you feel that? 
You know why intuitively, down to your bones, you know that? It's because Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse number 11, it says this. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. Listen to this. God has planted eternity in the human heart. You know you have eternity planted in your heart. That's why you know there's more to life. That's why you know you only you don't only live once. That's why you know there's just gotta be more. Can I encourage you? Start start living with an eternal perspective. Zoom out on moments. Think about this. Will it matter in five years? For some of you, it would do you well to just think, will it matter in five minutes? And what if we took no, don't let me run into you, Anna. <laughs> let me run into you one. I'm gonna break all of your stuff, Charles. What if we took so many steps back? What if we took that proverbial camera lens and, and we just we just zoomed so far out that we didn't just see our life, but we saw eternity and we started living with that in mind. How much greater would life be? How much more meaningful of life would we live? How much more minute and, 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 and minuscule and dumb with these little things that don't matter really? How much smaller would those be? And how much tempting would those be? You say, devil, you're trying to get me to trip up with that? I mean, I'm living for all of eternity. I'm not, I'm not worried about that. So I want to take a moment. I want to pray. Because that's, like, only God can help us think like this. Only God can help us live like this. Only God can give us this perspective. So I want to pray that God would give every single one of us that perspective. Do me a favor, would you close your eyes? If you're comfortable, would you lift your hands? As we pray, God, zoom us out. Like, God, I pray that we would stop living in the moment. Like, like in the irresponsible way. In the way that the enemy tries to trick us into living. God, I pray in Jesus' name, you already have that eternity planted in our hearts that we begin to live with eternal perspective. And every single time and there's something in front of us that's trying to trip us up. Every single time there's a trial. Every single time there's a storm. Every single time there's a temptation. Every single time that the enemy is trying to steal our purpose from us, our identity from us. I pray in Jesus' name that we would just have eternity in mind and in our hearts. And we wouldn't fall for those lies, for those schemes, for those tricks. And we would realize you have so much more for us. So God, right now, we give you our hearts. We give you our lives. We give you everything. God, I pray for the young person in this room who's made mistakes. Who feels like they're damaged goods. Who feels like they've messed up so many times. What does it matter? What does it change? God, I pray that they would stop listening to those lies of the end. We give you their heart. We give you everything. We follow you. Pray for the young person who they're on the beginning part of that road. 
And like so many of their friends, they're considering going down that road of destruction. God, I pray that you would steer them, that they'd follow you. They realize the greatest adventure they could live is the one where you're writing their story. They trust you and love Tonight, God, we give you we give you our hearts, we give you our lives, we give you everything. It's all yours. We want to live for you with eternity in our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship you.